This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Evan, Canty, and Michelle are off until 2024, but you've got Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein rolling with you on a Tuesday morning, as always presented by Progressive Insurance. Merry belated Christmas. Happy Boxing Day to those who celebrate Kwanzaa on the way. Like, this is a great week, and Mike and I were just talking about this. Time, for most people, does not exist during this week because Christmas time till January 1st is all bowl games. There's NFL games. There's NBA. So if you love sports, this is a great time of year for you. And if you love just doing nothing, like... If we were off, if we weren't NFL reporters at the end of our season, what would you do? Like, what did you do during this week when you were in college? Because I, Eric, or I'll tell you. Uh, like, take I a don't ste- take a step remember back. Okay, because fair. of beer. Okay. Go back to, like, grade school. Because I, I have okay. a good story for you. What did you do between, like, holiday break time, when time yeah. does not exist? Uh, I mean, my family would usually go on va- We would de- often go on vacation somewhere, so I'd be playing a lot of golf. Or yeah. uh, I'd be hanging out with friends playing hockey in the street or playing snow football or hockey you know in up in new york or, yeah street hockey thing? street hockey street hockey yeah you would take you you don't remember wayne's world like seriously you grew up in illinois wayne's world they carry the net i, out I, I know what street. street hockey is i didn't think that you were playing street hockey how have i known you all these years and didn't know that this was like a why thing would i have not did? played street hockey when i was 10 years old i grew okay, up in the okay. northeast that's fair I, I mean i thought it'd be too cold at that time of year to be playing street hockey I grew up in New York. I was used to cold. I'm not soft like I am now in Atlanta where it's, it's 45 fair. degrees and I'm like, I need a winter coat. I'm scared blood, to come up to Chicago. Out. It's normal. Your blood it's not. It I'm not happy about it. It happened to me when I moved to Mississippi. You'll be fine. It just no, takes, I won't. It takes a couple of years to get used to. So like the time between Christmas and New Year's, my family would sometimes go skiing, but the years that we didn't, like... I miss these days because right now I know that we're hosting the show. We've got, you know, availability. Like, you don't have the time to not look at the clock, to not enjoy the Christmas break time. I would play, like, 12 hours of The Sims. And I'm not a video game person. I wasn't (laughs) really think The Sims? Yes. That would always be, like, my Christmas gift. I would get, like, The Sims. And remember the expansion pack sort of things? I never played The Sims. Okay. Well, you missed out on a lifetime of fun. But, like... My Christmas time was just the best because you would lose track of the days because I was, you know, in the basement on the family computer hogging up all of the um, all of the computer time playing, you know, creating my little house, being sadistic and putting the sins in the pool and then taking the (laughs) taking the ladder out. I know I'm not the only one who did this. I know I'm not the only one who did this. You murdered your sims. I did. I did. I'm a terrible person. See, Um, yeah, I was no, I was playing Madden and college football and and all that. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't committing capital crimes against virtual humans. (laughs) You you weren't building houses and then like taking the doors away and somehow the Sims were so stupid they lit the they lit themselves on fire, they lit the stove on fire. That that's what I miss about this time of year. I just snorted because of like, you. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. And everybody listening, you're welcome that your ears were present or were uh, gifted by that sound. Um, it's a fun time of year, though. There's, like, college football coming up, the CFP semifinal, Rose Bowl game presented by Prudential, CFP semifinal at the Allstate Sugar Bowl. Both of those are coming your way on ESPN and ESPN Radio January 1st, so six days away from that. 
This time next week, we'll be talking about who's headed to the national championship. A fun time in the sports calendar and a fun time for teams getting back on track as we head towards the postseason in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles close one last night at Lincoln Financial Field against their NFC East rival, New York. They end up pulling off the win, 33-25. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles getting back on track after a really rough couple of weeks. I can't even imagine what the conversation would be like today if that losing streak went from three to four. But they're back on track, even overcoming some of the mistakes that they dealt with last night against the New York Giants. Let's hear from the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles about what this win really means down the stretch of the season. Hard not to say, you know, you have almost 500 total yards of offense. You know, everything everything for us at this point, you know, has been kind of self-inflicted with the little things. And I think we were able to overcome those little things early, earlier in the game. You know, Ben Covey made a great play early in the game to set the tone for us, and we were able to punch it in early. But then we kind of spotted them back, started the second half, and then um, they, they were able to make some plays. So hard, hard, hard not to say that. I think there there's ton of, a ton of opportunity to build on this, as it's been a ton of opportunity to build on the, the, the lessons we've had in, in the games we've come up short in. The reality is we're just going to keep chopping, keep keep growing, keep um, learning from it, keep staying together through it, and keep building. Jalen Hurts was 24 of 38 for 301 yards, a touchdown, an interception. I know he's hit his turnover high for his career in terms of fumbles and interceptions, but... A win is a win for this Eagles team that desperately needed it. What he was pointing out, though, was what everybody's thinking about. Like, they they left the door open for the Giants to come back in this game. It was 20-3 to at halftime, and then one all of a sudden, it's a two-point game. They pull it out, but you've got to take a look at those touchdowns that the Giants scored off of turnovers. There was the pass that was intended for Dallas Goddard that Adoree Jackson took 76 yards the other direction for a pick six, and then the fumble earlier in the game that was the play that um that Jalen Hurts was mentioning but if you uh, give me a, like a one to ten like your confidence ranking on this Philadelphia Eagles team which currently sits at two in the NFC playoff picture the second seed um they're looking to have a home playoff game in here somehow some way and it feels like their stretch to lock that up is easier than Dallas's down the down the final two games of the season. The Eagles have Arizona week seventeen, and then the Giants on the road in week eighteen to close it out. But like one to ten, one one is no confidence. Ten is like I am certain that all of their issues are just going to go away. I know which le- direction I think you're leaning, but what what do you give me a number? Uh, I'm going to take the cop out and go five. But here's why, Courtney. It, I mean that's that's a fa- I, I figure that was a fair number because like yeah. I was going to say six. But, like, five, obviously, literally in the middle between one to ten. Um, like, some of these issues are fixable, right? They, they are, but this is this is maybe my biggest concern with Philly, and it's one that we haven't really broached yet, and I don't know if a lot of people have. There's always the conversation in sports, Courtney. You've covered the NBA. You've covered college sports. I've covered college sports. I've covered, I still cover boxing, although boxing, this doesn't really apply as much. But in team sports, there's always the conversation of, quote-unquote, peaking too soon. And I'm wondering if the Eagles were so focused on not becoming the typical Super Bowl loser scenario where you you know, don't make the playoffs or it's a season full of strife after. I mean, the, the list is long of teams that have not really gotten far the next year, at least in the last 20 years. But look at how they were handling teams towards the beginning of 
of the season, they were in a much better spot. I mean, they beat Tampa Bay on the road 25-11. They beat the Rams on the road 23-14. They beat the Dolphins 31-17. And then really since then, they have not beaten a team by more than one score. Mm-hmm. And, and they haven't really put away teams. Like, you look at even that first Dallas game. They won 28-23. Again, in Washington, they won 38-31. They won in Kansas City 21-17. But that's maybe not looking as impressive of a win anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like, they beat the Bills in overtime. These are good wins, but they're not put-away wins. They're not like the Eagles team we saw last season. So, to me, this is a team that is playing more in close games. And that is where, in the playoffs, it can get a little bit dicey. I mean, the 33 points that they put up last night were their most since that overtime win that they had against Buffalo right after Thanksgiving. But routinely, these last couple of weeks during that three-game stretch, the offense could barely score 20 points. Like, that was my biggest concern when there's a litany of them, including something we haven't even mentioned, like how that defense has played. Like, it's, we know that they're injured. They've been injured, though. It's the reason that they were active at the trade deadline to get Kevin Byard from, from uh, the Tennessee Titans. It's the reason that we talk about this pass rush and this, you know, that defensive line that accounted for 70 sacks last year. It's a different group this year. There, there have been bright spots. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Jalen Carter and what he's done as a rookie has him, you know, in, in line for, you know, rookie defensive player of the year and, and rightfully so, but there's still holes in this Eagles roster in this team that, doesn't really give me the confidence to think that they are, you know, more than a divisional playoff team at this point. I do, I do yeah. think that they'll, they'll get their home game. They will, they'll win in the wild card round. They will move on to the divisional playoffs. But if you end up running into, you know, you brought up the Rams. Do you, if, if, let's just forecast it. Let's, who knows how this is going to play out. But sure. like, would you take the Rams right now or would you take the Eagles if those two meet head-to-head in the postseason? I mean, it would be in Philly. So mm-hmm. that would concern me because the Rams are a team that plays inside. I've seen Matthew Stafford play in cold weather before. It doesn't always go well. You've seen it in Chicago. Yeah. It, it sometimes it be, be a dicey proposition. I would probably take the Eagles in that matchup, but my confidence level would be really low in, in how that would go because mm-hmm. the Rams are playing great ball. But if they had to play Detroit, I would have some concerns there because of the style of Detroit's play. Obviously, if they had to play San Francisco, we already saw that happen, and that was 42-19. Yeah, no contest. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. We're talking about that. Before this three-game stretch, right, which were that the Giants scored, the Eagles scored 33, they had scored under 20 just one time in that first part of the year. It goes back to what I was talking about peaking early. They've also... Well, you look at what they've given up in the last, what, five, six weeks, 34 points, 42 points, 33 points, 20 and 25, and the 20 and 25 were not to great offenses. We're talking about Drew Locke. You're talking about backup quarterbacks, Drew Locke and Seattle, and then mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor, and the Giants. That does not bode a lot of confidence. Yeah. Resident Eagles fan, Pat Costello, where's your confidence in this Eagles team? Uh, I'm not confident. I don't feel great. Especially, Can I get a, can I get a number? One to ten. Like a three. Okay. Um, coming out of that game yesterday, I, I don't feel great. That should not be a one-score win for the Eagles. That should Agreed. be yeah. a, like a two- or three-score win, and 
the it, fact that the Giants were in it does not make me feel good going forward. And Especially that's, at home. that's the thing. Like at halftime, like just you know, they, they got the spark that they needed. What Brian Dable decided he wanted to do in pulling Tommy DeVito, replacing him with Tyrod Taylor, but. Even with Tyrod Taylor, this should not have been a close game. And the Eagles, who have a lot more wins at this point in the season, like the Giants, you know, Mike and I were joking about this. Like, yes, they were mathematically eliminated. I believe they had less than a 1% chance to make it to the, in the postseason. Everybody loves to be in the hunt at this time of year. And I know there were 25 teams that were still in contention for the Super Bowl as of yesterday. This is like Pete Rozelle's dream. So glad that we're able to pay that <laughs> off. There's parody everywhere. But the Giants haven't been a good team this year. They've fallen off. And the Eagles... Yeah coming off of a Super Bowl berth last year, are on a much different trajectory. But can you, like Dallas, I don't think Dallas is going to all of a sudden right their road wrongs and become a great road playoff team. Should I think that Philly can overcome some of these mistakes and not be such a self-inflicted team with all of the issues that they had? You know, those two touchdowns that the Giants scored came off of their turnovers. Do I expect all of a sudden, like, Jalen Hurts to, like, not be throwing an interception roughly a game or putting the ball on the ground? I, I don't know that I'm there. I, I don't know that they've shown me consistently enough that they can remove themselves from that version. Maybe they do it down these final two games against the Cardinals and the Giants. But, again, it's the Cardinals and the Giants, two teams that yeah. are not going to be in the postseason. Will I be able to take much away from those two games to say, okay, this Philly team, by the time Week 18's over, like, okay, they are a division team, the divisional playoff round team, or maybe they will show me that they can get to the NFC Championship. I, I just think times kind of run out on their side to, to prove that. So that's where well, I stand on it. I mean, they've had obviously issues with turnovers all year long. They've only had three games without turnovers. Coincidentally, one of them was that 42 19 loss to San Francisco. So sometimes turnovers don't matter as much, but this is a team that is turning the ball over a lot. That is a concern for me because in the playoffs and in close games, which the Eagles have largely been in this of late, that's what gets you beat. Mm-hmm. You know, you ask any coach about that, the first thing that they talk about is turnovers potentially getting you beat. And that's where I, I think your concerns very much, Courtney, are valid. Uh, I don't know what to make of this Eagles team. I still don't. But, hey, you can build confidence because you get to play the Cardinals and the Giants. That is true. And that's how they're going to end this stretch of the season. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. And the ESPN app, ESPN Radio has you covered during the week where time does not exist. Bowl game action. Tune in tonight for the guaranteed rate bowl coverage beginning 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, straight ahead. Going across the country, how concerned should we be about the team in the NFC that currently has the number one seed, the 49ers? That's coming up next here, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. They are, but they're not here. It's Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein on Unsportsmanlike. Our friends are off until 2024. They'll be back after the start of the new year. All the bowl games up until the national championship will be done. It's bowl game mania. You can hear a lot of them right here on ESPN Radio. The time, the week that time does not exist. This is one of our favorite weeks of the year. (laughs) Mike and I don't get to experience it that much, but I want to live vicariously through all of you who hopefully are channeling my childhood and downloading the sims and um spending hours on the family computer do do people have family computers anymore i'm gonna guess no because they're called phones okay. and uh, everyone has their own you and, can probably and nobody the, has the big Courtney, box you computer can, anymore no i don't think so you can probably download my dad does but he's also 72 uh you can download probably the sims on your phone I think I might have to do. I mean, I have work to do today. I was going to say, don't, do you don't need distract more time wasting things. <laughs> I already have Instagram. Like, I should probably delete that and give our, myself a break from it this week. But if our I can is download, throwing something through his television screen or radio, or he's throwing his radio, listening to us yeah. right now, hearing another time wasting thing. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we deserve a little break here. Mike covers the Falcons. I cover the Bears for ESPN's NFL Nation. In about an hour, we're going to talk a little bit about the situation that the Bears find themselves in headed into Week 17. Of course, quarterback question marks are year-round issues that we talk about here on ESPN Radio. And it's one that we find ourselves maybe in with the San Francisco 49ers. I know Brock Purdy had a clunker last night. Maybe that's putting it nice in a nice way, a nice way of saying that. Four interceptions. He leaves the game in the fourth quarter with a stinger. He's relieved by Sam Darnold, but it wasn't, wasn't enough for the San Francisco 49ers. They take their first L in seven games after the six-game win streak following the bye week. Brock Purdy did not play great, and he had this to say about his performance after the loss. I mean, it's the NFL. We have some opportunities coming up, and uh, we still got two games left in the regular season before we get in the playoffs. And so for me, trying to look at the big picture of what we're trying to do, what our team goals are. But at the same time, man, I have to look myself in the mirror and ask myself why or how that happened and why I made those decisions. And so our team came ready to play. You know, for me to make some decisions like that, it pains me. It's not fair to these guys. So I have to realize that and understand that, and I have to get better for my team. Well, some of those interceptions, too, that he's talking about were tipped passes. So not exactly oh, yeah. not exactly all on the quarterback, despite what the stat line says, Mike. No, they're not, especially the second one, because that was a play made in the backfield. That, that's a play you're going to see once a season in the NFL period, potentially, because of, it was just tipped perfectly. It was almost like a volleyball play. It was almost like you, uh, the defender was jumping, set the ball, <laughs> and instead of spiking it, his I believe it was Marlon Humphrey caught it. Mm-hmm. Like that that to me was the thing there. I'm not worried about the Niners. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy. I'm not worried about the Niners. The thing that I, I think about when I think about what happened to them last night is Courtney. I, I know I've gone to college sports a couple of times, particularly college basketball. You and I have covered that sport before, and a lot of times we have teams that are on runs, right? Like think of that Kentucky team that was undefeated. Uh, what was that, 10 years ago. I was covering Michigan when they were undefeated for a while. You want to have a loss before you get into the postseason because winning will often hide 
issues that your team is having that maybe you're kind of pushing under the rug because you're still winning, but they're going to creep up and bite you at a bad time. I think that this game for the Niners was potentially that, where now they they can go back. Kyle Shanahan, Chris Kacarek, their defensive line coach, they can go back and say, okay, look, these are our issues. They are, were exploited by a team you might see in the last game of the season if you get there. This is what we got to fix. That, to me, is, I think, what we saw last night. And if Kyle Shanahan is, I think that, I'm not even going to say he's smart because I think this is what he's going to do. He's going to use that and say, look, you want to get to the Super Bowl? This is what we have to fix, A, B, and C, mm-hmm. because this didn't work. Well, let's hear from Kyle Shanahan, because I want to hear his thoughts on whether we should be more concerned about Brock Purdy's play, whether it's fixable. Let's listen to the San Francisco 49ers head coach. Uh, I didn't mind his demeanor. I mean, he stayed in there, kept battling. I mean, our kind of, you know, our whole team struggled there in the second half, so it just wasn't him. I know he was disappointed not being able to finish it there, but getting that stinger again, it was just wanted to keep him out of there, ready for him to bounce back next week. If, if, if you want any better get-right game, they go to. They have Washington in Week 17, um, and then they the Rams come to San Francisco or to Santa Clara on January 7th. That ends the season. Um, one more win basically like gives them the number one seed, yeah. home field advantage, and a bye during that first week of the postseason. The Rams are a tough team right now. They're the sixth seed currently. I don't know that you want to like when we talk about playing good football in the stretch of December. Like they fall into that category. Washington, though, should be that get-right game for Brock Purdy. It should be a chance for him to get back on track. And I I just – I have a hard time believing that them losing to Baltimore was a good thing. I know it's hard to beat a team twice if they face – in the same season and if they do end up facing them in January or in February during the Super Bowl. Like, it might be a completely different story. This exposed – some things, though, within this 49ers offense, like despite the production, like George Kittle had a huge game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a big game. Christian McCaffrey continues to have big games as a, as a running back and catching passes out of the backfield. Like, I don't, I don't know where I stand on this Brock Purdy thing because, to me, him leveling off here and, like, some of the decisions that he made, can he miraculously just, like, change some of those things when he plays a worse Washington team and then a, a Rams team that, you know, who knows? Inevitably, they could see them in the postseason. I, I don't know if it's that simple. Wait, we're putting too much stock in one game. That, that's, and that's, that's fair. Really I, can, I need to be we're called out on look that at, if look that's at the, the case. starts he's made beforehand. I, look at the, what is it, 18, 19 starts that he's had now in his career. Look at what, and probably including the postseason, it's up to 21, 22. Look at what he's done through that stretch. And I would look at the bigger body of work within this offense because he was still making good throws, Courtney. Like we talked about before, two of those interceptions were tipped. One, sure. a fluke. The other, a bad pass. Like the, the second one where Kyle Hamilton was on the ground and then he got up and picked it, that was a bad pass that should not have been thrown. It was an on-target pass, but a bad pass because he was thrown across his body. I think maybe I'm clouded by what the play I saw on the other side because I went into this, into this matchup, what I, you and I have talked about, we think is a precursor to the Super Bowl, thinking that the Baltimore Ravens are the most complete team in the NFL because they have the better quarterback between these two, between San Francisco and themselves, like the two teams that we expect to be playing in February. And maybe I'm clouded by the way that Lamar played, and that's like, I don't know, hurting my judgment of Brock Purdy and the 49ers. I don't know. I'm just – I need to see – 
I need to see the get right game. I need to see Brock Purdy get back to MVP Brock Purdy because right now that's Lamar Jackson's award to lose. Goes from plus yeah. 450 to minus 180 with one game. We know how much change can happen here, and the MVP is separate from the the team awards that these, these two teams want to win. So we'll see. Uh, there's plenty more to get into on this game. Confidence meters, where the 49ers are, where the, San Francisco, where the Baltimore Ravens are, and I'm curious. So I'm going to ask you next, Mike. Your top five teams in the NFL. I ranked mine. You're going to go five to one. And that's coming up next here on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Now that the dust is settled on week 16, it's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. Courtney Cronin and Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan, Canty, and Michelle here on a Tuesday morning on Sportsmanlike. On ESPN Radio and the ESPN app is presented by Progressive Insurance. You heard my list of the top five NFL teams as I see it earlier in the show. Now it's time for Mike to do the same. Let's start with five. Number five. Big There's our, there's our there announcer friend. This one's going to maybe come as a surprise to some people. But I look at what they've done considering their quarterback issues. I look at the strength of their defense. And I look at the fact that they have a quarterback that's been there before. Now, I don't want anyone to go protest because, you know, there are questions of whether Joe Flacco is elite. There have been those questions for years. There are signs that show up outside of every sports broadcast ever. But to me right now, the Cleveland Browns are number five. They've won three in a row, but it's how they've done it. Sure, they've beaten some backup quarterbacks, particularly last week against Houston. But this is a team that has an elite level defense and they've found something in quarterback play from Joe Flacco that should be able to carry them because when they do get to the playoffs this is somebody who's not going to be deterred or have lack of experience because he has won a Super Bowl before so the Browns to me are number five Courtney can they just get healthy that's my question with this team right right now like can they just have a healthy offensive line which I know is asking for a lot at this time of year the defensive injuries they've been able to overcome Miles Garrett may be in a sack street in a sack drought, but he's still affecting the quarterback. Like I, I almost I I, tr- I thought about putting the Browns. They were they were six for me, but I thought about putting them at five because if we're looking at this list in similar ways, it's who's playing the best football right now. Yeah. You've got Joe Flacco, 
due for an interception every game. That's fine. But if you can throw for like three touchdowns, 300 yards, overcome that, the connection between him and Amari Cooper is where it is at right now. That's a very dangerous team come January. No, it is. And I, I was looking at the Bucks here because they've won three in a row. I was looking at the Rams. They've been playing maybe some of the hottest football in the NFL right now. And the team that you had, the Buffalo Bills, I knew they weren't going to be on this list, but they were in that conversation too. That group right there, the funny thing is, Courtney, almost all those teams are going to end up potentially going on the road yeah. in the first round, except for maybe the Bucks, because right now if they win Sunday, they're going to win the NFC South. Next. Number four. This one seems fairly easy. They're the fastest team in football. They got a prove-it win on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. As long as Tyreek Hill is healthy, there is no reason to think that they can't at least challenge the Baltimore Ravens for not only the top spot in the AFC, but going to the Super Bowl. The Miami Dolphins have a good defense. They have maybe the best corner duo in the NFL but it is their offense from a scheme perspective and a speed perspective. And we're seeing what a fully healthy Tua throughout an entire season can do. This team's going to be hard to stop. I'm very curious to see them play Baltimore here. I love their rushing game, too. I really do. Yeah. Raheem Mostert in what he did against the Dallas Cowboys, 46 rushing yards for, for uh, that four-yard receiving touchdown. You're getting you're getting the best of both worlds from from him. So it's not just... Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, who we heard from Mike McDaniel yesterday. It sounds like it's a high ankle sprain for Jalen Waddle. We'll see how they end up handling that. It's a tricky injury in terms of timeline for when he can return. But if you can lean on your run game, if you end up not having one of those elements of speed on the outside, that's going to carry you pretty far in January. It is. And if I'm Mike McDaniel right now, I'm maybe considering saying, you know what, Jalen Waddle, listen, we'd love to have you the next couple weeks. But it's okay. Take a seat because you need him in the playoffs. You don't need him necessarily the next couple of weeks. It'd be to nice to have him. Against it'd be nice to have, but I get it. I get. What you'd you're rather have him in the postseason. And if you don't have that extra week, you don't have that extra week. Next, number three. Well, this is a team I know quite well. No, the Atlanta Falcons are not here, I promise. I was about to say, you almost threw me for a loop. No, that. I know. I was, I was about to scare Courtney. She was going to have to send somebody to Atlanta to check on me. No, I, I covered the Detroit Lions for eight seasons. Dan Campbell did something that hasn't been done in 30 years. Jared Goff did something that hasn't been done in 30 years. They won the NFC North. They did it on the road as well. This team has maybe some of those impressive road wins in the NFL. They won at Minnesota. They won at Kansas City. This team is good. This team should win a playoff game because Ford Field is when it is crowded. I covered it when this team was bad, real bad, Courtney. I covered the Matt Patricia era. I have not seen an over 500 team since 2017 between Detroit and Atlanta. But even in those ga- days, they crowded Ford Field. I covered a game there this year in week, was it three? I had never heard it that loud. I can only imagine what it will sound like for a playoff game. Not only that, their defense is rounding into form. Aiden Hutchinson is a star as an edge rusher, but their offense, Amon Ross St. Brown, is the best receiver that still people aren't talking about, even though they should be. Their running game between Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, they're going to be a really hard out because their offensive line, you've got Taylor Decker, you've got a pro bowler in Frank Ragnar, who might be the best center in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This team is legitimately built well, and 
All credit, by the way, to Sheila Ford Hamp, their owner, because she basically said when they hired Dan Campbell, Courtney, she said, listen, we need to figure out our own way of doing things and our own culture because they had gone the Patriot way. It didn't work. They had gone other ways to try and emulate. They said, no, we're doing it our own way. They brought in Chris Spielman as an advisor. They hired Brad Holmes as GM, Dan Campbell as head coach, and it has worked, and they stuck with Dan Campbell through some early struggles, Mm -hmm. too, that not every owner would have done. You mentioned that, like, several pieces of that offensive line. Like, they're not third in yards per game this year without Panay Sewell, without Frank Ragnow, without Taylor Decker, without that entire group. Like, that's a master class in how to build an offensive line. It takes – it takes – you've got to stomach that, though, because that took almost a decade – Literally, almost a decade, about eight, nine years to be able to get that group fortified up front using first-round, second-round draft capital to do so. But the results are there. This is a team. I think I had them at three as well. They're going to be dangerous in January. The fact that the defense is rounding into form, though, in a performance like that on the road against Minnesota, you do that at home, that effort will travel. That is why I think they are – I'm I'm with you. I think they're one of the most dangerous teams right now as we look towards the playoffs. Well, a low-key move that they made when we're talking about the offensive line, Courtney, they drafted Graham Glasgow back Mm -hmm. in, like, the mid-2010s. Graham Glasgow left. It didn't work out with Matt Patricia. And guess what? When Matt Patricia leaves, guess who comes back after some time in Denver? Graham Glasgow. He's initially their sixth offensive lineman. Then he ends up being a starter for them the last, what was it, 14 weeks of the season once Vitae got hurt. He's been phenomenal for them, and it's a line that just kno- – Glasgow, Decker, Ragnow, mm-hmm. those guys know each other so well. That's going to matter. I mean, offensive they just sound like offensive linemen, too. They do, like, they, and they, they look like it, too. That sounds like a group that's going to punch you in the mouth. Like, if you have a name like Glasnow – Sewell. Glasgow, yeah. Glasgow. Like, it's just, that's awesome. All right, well, the funny thing is, can yeah. I call Javante out real quick? Because yeah, he's a Lions fan, and he said he's never heard of Graham Glasgow. I didn't say never heard. I said he's, I forgot he was on the team. That's, I mean, because he was there for so many years, he left. It's kind of yeah. like the Marvin Jones thing, too. Like, funny. Right, well, Marvin Jones is gone again, but yeah. yeah. But, like, it's funny. Like, you know, somebody leaves, and then all of a sudden these players want to come back to Detroit. Yeah, well, uh, shocking that that <laughs> happens after that. You know, if they only hadn't traded there. Darius. Imagine if they hadn't traded Darius Slayer, Quandre oh Diggs, what would have happened there? Next. Number two. This one's pretty self-explanatory at this point. We've been talking about him a lot throughout the show. I'm not worried in the San Francisco about the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Brock Purdy had a bad game. No doubt about that. But they still have Christian McCaffrey. They still have Debo Samuel. They still have Brandon Ayuk. They still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. One that the Niners obviously hope will get healthier as they roll on to the postseason. They're still the best team in the NFC. And I still, even as much as I believe in Detroit, I still don't know if it's close. Yeah. I'm with you. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Did they have a stinker yesterday? Yeah, they did. And it it wasn't without like multiple hundred yard performances from <laughs> their skill players. So yeah. if that's the worst that it gets, I guess at least it happened now. You're probably going to be seeing Baltimore again that last game in February. Well, not only that, if that's the worst it gets, you can still probably beat 28 or 29 teams in the NFL with that worst performance. Uh Minus maybe one of those interceptions. Yeah, Next. let's get a couple of those back. Number one. 
This is, again, self-explanatory. The Baltimore Ravens, they beat the San Francisco 49ers last night. They have the prohibitive MVP candidate right now in Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's playing some of the best ball of his career. But it's not only that. Their receivers are better, Courtney. Zay Flowers can legitimately play Rashad Bateman. Can play Odell is still hanging around, and we've seen Odell have good performances in the playoffs. This offense feels like last year, two years ago, if they had lost Mark Andrews for the season, I'd be like, oh, this team's sunk. Not this year. I just need to see Zay Flowers play like this every game. Like, you know, 72 yards on nine catches, targeted 13 times, and a touchdown. Like, give me this more than just like one week he's here, one week he disappears. One week he's here, one week he disappears. Because, like, that's been Lamar Jackson's one of the biggest things he's had to overcome on offense where the two big injuries, Mark Andrews was his number one, like number one target period. He's out for the season after that Thursday night game. And then JK Dobbins out for the season and Gus, you know, Gus Edwards has been, he's been okay, but like Lamar Jackson still carrying the load in the run game. And I am glad to see that, you know, receiver-wise, Zay Flowers stepped up, but I'll be a lot more confident if that happens on a consistent basis the next couple games, starting with that game against the Miami Dolphins in Week 17. So there you have it, Mike's list from 5-1, to one, his power rankings, the Browns, Dolphins, Lions right there at 3, 49ers, and Ravens at number 1. We are in agreement on, I think, 1 through 4. 5 was the only one that we had different. I had ball. Yep. I had the Buffalo Bills in there, and you have the Cleveland Browns. All right, straight ahead. Has Antonio Pierce, the Raiders' interim head coach, done enough to get that interim tag removed? We discuss next on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The Raiders, first win that they've gotten over the Chiefs in quite some time. And it was a big one for a lot of different reasons. Not just the fact that it sort of keeps them in the playoff picture at 7-8, and eight, but... Some big implications about a decision that has to be made in a couple of weeks that might have been answered, might have at least provided the answers for owner Mark Davis on Christmas Day. This is on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein sitting in for the crew on this Tuesday morning. And I tweeted this right after the game that Antonio Pierce, and I know I'm not alone in this, Antonio Pierce needs that interim tag removed effective immediately as far as I'm concerned. Like, I hope the Raiders do the right thing here. I don't have a ton of faith in NFL owners to not overthink what is already such a clear-cut, easy answer, easy decision to make 
because they've gone through this before, Mike. But what we saw from this Raiders team was no quit on a day where they weren't playing great offensively. Defensively, they were opportunistic. That led to a big 17-7 swing in the halfway point of this game. And Antonio Pierce has these guys believing, which if you have that formula, why on earth would you go away from it and try to start all over in the offseason? Well, you shouldn't and you wouldn't. The only reason to me why they wouldn't remove the interim tag right now is that they can't. Because the NFL has hiring policies, they have to interview a certain amount of candidates, and they have to interview a certain amount of minority candidates, of which Antonio Pierce would be one. So that, to me, is why we're not seeing this happen. Same thing, potentially, with Champ Kelly, their general manager. Like, they just, I, I think Mark Davis is in a situation where, even if he wants to do that today, he can't, he can't really say it, because then he might, I, I don't know whether he would get dinged for a Rooney Rule violation or well, not? Well, I was going to ask about that. I don't want to put you on the spot here if we need to like look through the rule. Like, th- these are two minority candidates. Right. I don't know the you, answer. Like, okay. Because I, I feel like this would – we know what the Rooney Rule like is in place for. We know how teams have to hit a certain um, – you know, check a, co- a certain number of boxes in the hiring process during the offseason. But – is he not allowed to just remove the interim tag come week 18? Like if their season ends and they're not going to the playoffs, which again, they're on the outside looking in, but they're seven and 18. I don't think many people thought they'd be seven and eight at this point going into week 17. But if, if he wants to, he can make that call. Mark Davis is the owner of this team. He can do a lot of things. And I think this is the right way to go about this, where you don't have to overthink what's already been – this has been gifted to him. This situation yeah. Oh, yeah. could not have worked out better after they end up doing that midnight firing the day before Halloween. Or I think it actually it was on Halloween. It was right ahead of the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, they go and beat the Giants. They go and rattle off a couple more wins. And they got their biggest win of the season in a place where historically they haven't won a lot. How like I just I, I would be baffled to see if they went the Steve Wilkes route, which is what happened in Carolina last year. It happened to to Rich Basaccia a few years ago when he got this Raiders team that went through a lot of adversity during the 2021 season with players who were on the team and then off the team for a myriad of reasons. The John Gruden stuff, he got it wrong then. How can he possibly get this wrong this time around two years later? I mean. You're giving too much credit to an NFL owner, potentially, but I don't think he will. I It seems like it's too obvious, which yeah. maybe is the problem, but it, it just seems so easy. This is a layup. Like This is just such a layup for him and for the Raiders organization because they have a guy who legitimately loves the Raiders. He understands the culture that was there when Al Davis was the owner. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to go anywhere else. And to your point of saying removing it in week 18, again, that's where some of the rules, I think, get a little bit tricky. Now, if Mark Davis really wanted to, he could go and interview a whole bunch of college coaches and whatever. Now, the NFL might say, listen, this is a sham of a process, but if it... I I think that no, I don't think anyone would challenge it Mm -hmm. if Antonio Pierce ended up being the hire here, as frankly he should be, arguably same with Champ Kelly as well. But... You can get this moving, potentially. That's part of why you make this move to an interim is because you want to get a jump on the hiring process, potentially, at this point in the season. 
But if he goes anywhere other than Antonio Pierce, I have to imagine, Courtney, Antonio Pierce is not out of a potential head coaching job long because there will be some openings and someone should mm-hmm. give him a shot. If he is not a head coach in the NFL for the start of the 2024 season, things have gone horribly wrong. No, I agree with that. And I will say that you know the Rooney rules in place for obvious reasons. Um, a minority candidate, though, who has proven himself throughout this year – and you heard how emotional he was post game in that interview with Tracy Wolfson of CBS. Didn't want to kind of go down that path of, you know, I think the question was phrased like about like, have you done enough to, to, to earn this job? Like, do you let yourself go that far ahead? He wouldn't say anything on that front, but he did have this to say about the mindset that he went into the week with. That was actually one of our mantras by any means necessary. Uh, we knew it was going to be a gritty game. It was going to be a high-scoring. We didn't want it to be a high-scoring game. Hats off to our defense, Patrick Graham, and our defensive staff. Hats off to our players of executing, staying with it, being relentless. We talked about squeezing, finishing, finishing in the second quarter, finishing in the fourth quarter, and they did that. That's funny. The by any means necessary, when I covered the Raiders, <laughs> that was my first year covering the NFL in 2016. That was a – I mean, I know it's a Malcolm X um, – a mantra that Khalil Mack I remember I had to ask him I was like where did this like where did that come from is that something that like you you know did you research about it he's like no it's just you know by any means necessary is a mindset that you take in when you're the underdog in 2016 that team was you know an underdog that exceeded everyone's expectations they went to the postseason had it not been for a Derek Carr ankle injury they're probably in the AFC championship that year this group vastly different makeup from the Raiders team that they took a lot of undoing that was what this whole offseason was about. Yeah. What Champ Kelly, you mentioned him. He's the interim general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. He was here in Chicago for a long time. Previously, he was with the Denver Broncos. Like, they had so much undoing of this roster to get done and to be 7-8 and eight right now on a day where Aiden O'Connell had a bad game. And, like, he was the first one to admit that afterwards. You're not going to win many games when you're, you know, throwing for 60 yards, more or less. But they got it done on the ground, 145 rushing yards, I think, from Zamir White. That was like, – that's not Josh Jacobs, by the way. Right. That's, 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 a, that's a rookie running back. And to find ways to win, Patrick Graham, who, who he shouted out there in that answer too, to, to scheme defensively for Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs offense that's been all over the place. They should be feeling good about this win, and I think that they – I would really like to believe – that, that they should be feeling good about the decision to keep him around beyond this season. Go through the process, do whatever you need to do in the offseason, interview all of the candidates you have to, to fulfill the requirements of the NFL. But when someone's proven to you that they deserve the job in which you gave them on an interim basis, you go ahead, you remove the interim tag, and you keep them around, and you keep this thing going into 2024. Straight ahead, a huge slate yesterday in the NBA. We'll tell you what we learn next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.